welcome back to spooky situations podcast to be honest i don't know what episode number this is gonna be but this is the thanksgiving special and if you're wondering christina it's a couple weeks till christmas why are you doing thanksgiving now well as most of the listeners would know i've been on a hiatus for a while thanks to uh school mental breakdown we love that and excuse the sniffling, I have a cold, and if I have party girl voice, it's also because I went karaokeing last night, and I killed my voice. So that's why I got some help for this week. A good friend of mine, Nicole Manza. Woo woo! <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> so, le- listeners are probably wondering, are you a believer or are you a skeptic? Oh, I'm definitely a believer. Definitely. <laughs> any particular any reason you say you're a believer? Like, any experiences happen to you? Um... I mean, I'm a very, like, terrified person most of the time, no matter what, but (laughs) Um, when I was younger, after my uh, mom's mom passed away, there was this song that, like, I thought about, like, whenever, like, I would think of her and whatever, and one day I was in the shower and I was listening to music on the radio, and the song came on the radio and all of the lights just turned off. And it was like, it was, I was, I knew that it was my grandma, but I was still so scared that I just like ran out of the shower. (laughs) I'm just so scared. Ghosts, I swear to God, is like my number one fear. (laughs) I understand that completely. Because me, I'm a complete believer, but I'm still very terrified by it because you just, it's, you don't understand who's there. Like, you know, my, I don't know if I've told you, my house is very, oh, my mom's house is very haunted. Yeah. And I have so many experiences there. And everyone's like, oh, it's probably your father, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, no. Just because I think there's a middle-aged man in my mom's basement doesn't mean it's my oh father, my c- considering he gives me these really weird heebie-jeebie vibes. Yeah. And I mentioned in my last episode, I talked about my own personal experiences. Um, my brother told me, he had to swear that he was not lying to me. I'm like, if you're lying to me, I'm going to kick your ass. <laughs> but he swore that he was in his room one day, and our, our bedrooms are up and are upstairs, and we do have a basement. He swears he heard the sound of a little girl screaming what sounded like from the basement. Oh. And there is no little girl children in our house. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, I swear, you better not be lying. He's like, no, I promise you I heard this. And I'm like, okay. I told my mom, I'm like, if I ever see anything or hear anything screaming, I will not come back until I get a priest. So it's <laughs> good that I'm not spending time there anymore. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. So, yeah, again, we're getting into a Thanksgiving theme today. All gobble, gobble, gobble. (laughs) 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 To me, it makes sense to do this now because everyone's all like thankful and Thanksgiving. I'm actually very thankful more towards the end of the year where I'm just like reflecting on how the whole year went by. So it feels a little more fitting to do a Thanksgiving story now and people are thinking like then like, oh, I'm thankful for this. Yeah. I bet you they're not thankful for the ghosts, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to let you know. So, my format normally is I give about two to, anywhere between two to four stories. Um, but I'm not professional, so I don't really normally follow the format. <laughs> so, we're each going to tell one story. I know you said you had one story, right? Mm-hmm. I found one really long story, so I'm like, yeah, that'll suffice for two stories. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you want, you can get started with your story first. Okay. So, when I was researching thanksgiving ghost stories it was very difficult to find like actually interesting ones and like some of them were just like oh this so happened to happen on thanksgiving and i was like it's not really like a thanksgiving story but uh, i found this one story about this guy his name's philip duffy and in 1832 he was hired to build this railroad station 
in Malvern, Pennsylvania, which is funny because I'm from Malvern, New York. And when I read, like, they didn't say that it was in Pennsylvania. So when it said Malvern, I was like, I was like, wait, what? How have I never heard this story? (laughs) But uh, Malvern, Pennsylvania, he was hired to build this railroad. And Malvern, Pennsylvania is a very, was a very small town, which basically only had like one church and a few small businesses at the time. This is 1832. So like nothing major. So they thought that if they built a railroad station, they would get a lot more traffic in the area, more tourists, more people, etc. So, uh, uh, what's his name? Philip Duffy came to the area where he was going to build it, and then he hired a bunch of Irish immigrants to, to work for him. And they were only paying him, like, they were only paying the immigrants, like, 10 to $15 a month, which is, like, wild. I don't know, like, how much that's worth back then, but, like... <laughs> Probably a lot now. Probably, yeah, well. So, like, the first few days of them actually starting the work, a huge uh, outbreak of cholera came to the town, which obviously puts a dent in some plans, but... Um, they, pa- they paused the project for a while because they didn't want people to get sick. A lot of people quit before it even started because they were like, well, I'm not getting sick for, for a job that's going to pay me 10 to $15 a month. So uh, a lot of people quit, but the people that stayed, they created this like underground uh, like bunker, basically, to help like cure the people who had cholera or like prevent people from getting cholera, etc. So... A lot of people ended up dying, unfortunately. And then, uh, you know, years later, they decided to pick the, the project back up again. And uh, Philip's grandsons, uh, Frankie and William, were hired also to take over because uh, F- Philip had gotten a bit older, so he wasn't really in much condition to continue the work. So I think he ended up dying fairly soon after his grandsons took over. And then uh, his grandsons started collecting all the files and stuff to... um, Just to, like, understand, like, the plans, the blueprints, etc. And then they found files that said, like, warning, do not let this file leave the premises or, like... And they, they found one that said, X marks the spot. And, like, obviously, like, that's, like, <laughs> that's already a very, like, oh, my God, what the hell is going to be here? Wait, is this, wait, Pennsylvania, or is this, like, it's, some pirates? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so there, and every Thanksgiving, their their grandfather, Philip, would, would tell this story of, of all these ghosts and stuff that would haunt the, the site where they were building the railroad. So... They, they were always just like, oh, like, that's just grandpa being grandpa. Like, this isn't a real story. But then, like, the more the more of these files that they found, they were like, oh, my God, maybe this stuff is real. So they started, like, investigating. And when they were digging for the, the railroad project, they found, like, one leg bone tangled up in um, roots of a tree. And obviously this is back then, so they have no way to identify, like, who this is or whatever. But they keep digging. And they found... Uh, ribs, a skull, some other bones. So they're trying to like piece some stuff together and they figure like after they put everything together, they realize that it's probably like the body of a, like a teenager. He's like, they said he was probably around five, six and 
the the way that his skull was, it wasn't like fully fused together, so it wasn't developed fully, so it wasn't an adult. Um, so yeah, so then they didn't have a name for him, so they just called him the man under the man under the tree, which like once you put a name to a ghost, it just becomes like ten times scarier than it actually is somehow. But so they they continued the project or whatever, and then a lot of the workers said that they saw a bunch of the older workers, the older Irish workers, like dancing around the 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 project and whatever, and like these people are, have been long dead, so it's obviously not really them. So it, I think that put a lot of pause on the project too, because people were too scared to work, and whatever. Eventually, another few years later, they're like, "All right, we, we really have to get this railroad in. Like we can't put this off any longer." So they continued, and then they kept digging, and they found like this mass grave of like thousands of people all in one big trench and they were like oh my god like no wonder people are haunting this place like they never got like a proper burial i don't think their families even knew that these people died they're all from ireland so there's yeah there's like no way to find out who's who or like anything so they uh did more investigating and then they found out that you know, they assumed that most of them had died from cholera, but after looking at some of the skulls that they found, some of them also had, like, blunt force trauma and, like, axe wounds and stuff like that. So they their theory is that they were killing people with cholera to prevent spreading the disease, or maybe it was, like, mercy killings for people who had cholera and were going to die anyway. But, yeah, wild stuff. <laughs> my face the entire time that story my jaw has been dropped like oh my god and grandpa was just telling stories yeah, he was just like oh who wants to hear the story of the railroad i'm supposed to build <laughs> i mean one year my great aunt complimented my hair but i didn't hear nothing about like yeah. this railroad that was supposed to be like nothing amongst that realm. i mean like great people tell like crazy wild stories or even annoying yeah. stories on thanksgiving but like what the <laughs> <laughs> i can't um, and i'm like you know what we're just also staying in the u.s for my story um mine takes place in i'm sorry a little town of oakville georgia and I'm guessing, by the way, the person wrote the story that I found, it sounds like they're not from the U.S. Because it, it's written out, as Americans gather for the Thanksgiving holiday, it is perhaps a time to turn the clock back to one family feast that did not raise quite as much cheer. Oh <laughs> it tells of incidents that took place in a house in Oakville, Georgia, USA, in the latter part of the 19th century. This spot had earned a high place amongst haunted localities and its day was comparable with the famous house in Berkeley Square. Although, so I listen to Two Girls, One Ghost podcast and every story they always bring, it's like, oh, the most haunted place in America. It's like, you know, to every story, yeah, every place they, is the they most can't haunted all place. be the, ha- the most haunted place. <laughs> Unless Satan himself is chilling somewhere that we haven't found yet. That's the oh. only really <laughs> Yeah, he just goes on vacation to different places. <laughs> Although I have a very warped view of Satan, to be honest. And by warped, I mean, like, you know, I don't think he, like, gonna punish 
you were me for like slapping our siblings when we we're kids and yeah. everything. It's like a place for like you know Hitler and Saddam Hussein. They're gonna be tortured for the rest of their eternities. Well, hopefully, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's my warped view. That's why Catholics hate me. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Situated in the midst of picturesque but lonely country, this house, the property of a farmer named Walsingham, had a worldwide reputation amongst psych psychic investigators. Psychics, I guess. Interesting. <laughs> I I literally skimmed this, so excuse yeah. me. <laughs> I did the same thing. Um, for some time, the house had been left deserted by its owner, and it would seem that during the temporary absence of its material master, it passed into the hands of beings or forces. Call them what you will, who wish to remain in undisputed possession. So ghost. Ghost took it over. <laughs> <laughs> When Walsingham and his family decided to return and take up their abode in the house, they were struck on the very first day by the peculiar feeling of the place. Why do you come back, though, if you've abandoned it for so long to the point where there are spirits taking over? That's your first mistake. You kind of, <laughs> you kind of like, need to expect that something's going to come. Like, if I like left my house for like, 10, 20 years and decided to come back, I guarantee there'd be more spirits. It's like, oh... It's abandoned. It's a new home for us. It's kind of like people like squatting. Yeah. <laughs> um, they could not decide in any way what this feeling was, but on analysis likened its claustrophobia, an overpowering dread of being alone within any of the four walls. I hate that feeling of claustrophobia. Oh, their dog, Don Caesar, absolutely refused to enter the house. On being dragged in, he immediately broke out into a furious barking. His back bristled with rage, and he showed every sign of terror. Trust your animals. Oh my god, they know best. Animals and babies, somehow. They just know. Little children, period. If you're, if you have, like, a, a baby, sister, or cousin, niece, nephew, whatever, and if they're talking to some Tommy in the corner of the room, take your child, call a priest or call a rabbi, whoever you worship, and get that house blessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or sage it. Go get some sage at your local store. There's a wonderful place in Rockville Center. I love that store. <laughs> Honestly, just move. <laughs> I don't even bother. <laughs> Anywhere's better than here. <laughs> this occurred several times during the day, and this and in the same evening, being attracted to the spot by his whines and howls, Walsingham saw his dog attacking some invisible enemy. Don Caesar at last sprung in the air as if at a man's throat, but fell back as he had received a heavy blow. When picked up, his neck was found to be broken. Oh, puppy! What? I hate when something happens to the dog. Like, why... Why does it have to be the animal? Why can't it happen to Walsingham? Like, what, him and his dumb family coming back? But, like, the dog, you know, the dog shouldn't have been forced to come in. That, like, that was sign yeah. number one. Definitely. Oh, no. The Walsingham's cat, on the other hand, manifested every sign of delight at being in the house. That's an evil cat. Get rid of it. <laughs> this is not helping. Like, cats are nice creatures. Stop with the reputation. The cat's part of the problem. <laughs> It strolled from room to room, purring loudly as, and was seen on several occasions twisting its head from side to side, arching its back as if someone was stroking it. Oh, I can't! My God. <laughs> <laughs> That's like my cat. My cat is just friendly with everyone. I feel like he'd be like so cuddling up to the ghost. Yeah, in my oh my house. God. <laughs> <laughs> to 
say that Walsinghams were amazed at these things would be to describe their feelings mildly. <laughs> I wouldn't be amazed. I'd be horrified, appalled, disgusted, oh just ready to run. <laughs> they were very much upset, but had not as yet any suspicion on the score of how supernatural causes. How is that not enough proof of like the supernatural... That's denial. No one ever wants to believe that it's happening. <laughs> I've heard a theory that skeptics are the most believers because they don't want to admit that it's real. I'm like, you know what? That sounds really true. That's like, how, how can you deny yeah. when something can't be explained by science? Like, mm-hmm. me a believer, I will try to look at it from a skeptic's point of view just to kind of, like, give benefit of the doubt, especially when I really don't want to admit there's a ghost yeah. nearby because it's not good <laughs> when you try to communicate with them. That's how you start, oh like, bring, like, doing poltergeist shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see. But that evening, just towards the dusk, the house was suddenly filled with shouts, groans, and hideous laughter heard by all occupants and putting them into ver- veritable panic. Miss Amelia Walsingham, while sitting on the front porch, sorry, while sitting in the front of the mirror, saw a man's hand upon her shoulder, yet there was no reflection of it in the glass, nor was there any arm or body apparent. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Walsingham himself saw footprints forming in the dust of a garden path before him as he walked, yet no mortal could be seen. (laughs) I'm not a ca- practicing Catholic anymore, but I feel like I need to go to church now. <laughs> <laughs> but though these things were uncanny and terrifying and were sufficient to make the family realize that there was some force out of the usual was at work, they paled into insignificance before the later incidents which took place during the evening meal. I would have been out of there. Oh, God, man. Go to, like, a Boston market instead. You don't have to do this. <laughs> go to an apartment, like, early 19th century. Like, go stay in the yeah. barn. Oh like, anything. God. Anything. Let's see. The family was seated at supper with one or two guests when their conversation was suddenly interrupted by a loud and horrible groan uttered apparently in the room above. Little notice was taken of it, really. <laughs> Until one of the guests pointed out a stain of what looked like blood on the tablecloth, and it was then seen that some liquid was slowly dripping from the ceiling overhead. This w- liquid was so much like freshly shed blood as to horrify those who witnessed its slow dripping. Imagine being the person at the table right in front of that, just like okay what what the hell is this <laughs> my first thought I'm, I'm a guest in this house had no idea what was going on prior i think like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah, like oh what did God. you do <laughs> <laughs> it would be hard to imagine a more gruesome occurrence at any time but the peculiar form of this horror and the theatrical way in which it was carried out would put down as the invention of some most evil-minded but decidedly clever person that's to say the least mm-hmm. <laughs> it flashed into the minds of all sitting at the table that some terrible deed had been committed in the room above some frightful murder for a few seconds all sat silent with white faces looking out of the corners of their eyes at each other in terror then walsingham shook off this paralysis of fear and ran out of the room followed by his son they went quickly upstairs to the room over the dining room and flung open the door dreading what fearful sight they, their eyes should meet. 
but it was empty. Come on. Stop. <laughs> I hate ghosts. Like, they can, like, control, like, what you do and don't see. Like- they tore up the carpet and there found the boards to be soaked with the same red, gruesome liquid as was dripping into the room beneath. But there was no explanation, nor was there any afterwards discovered. I'm surprised they didn't see it on the carpet, though, initially when they opened the door. That's yeah. weird. Like, if it's enough to seep to the room below, yeah. shouldn't have been enough to seep at least the liquid above? Like, Unless there's something in the floor. Interesting. (gasps) (laughs) The liquid was later examined under a microscope by a medical man and pronounced to be human blood. That was a given. (laughs) The incident was too much for the Walsinghams. This was too much? How is that the line that draws in the sand? I I think the line drawn in the sand for me would have been the dog breaking its neck. No, the dog barking initially refusing to go in the house. It shouldn't have gone too far for I the dog. I wouldn't have even moved in if that was the first reaction. Came back. They, <laughs> they came back. They That was their house. Abandoned it for however long. And mm-hmm. they decided to come back like, oh, I'm just going to come back. It's my house still. <laughs> yeah. No, your house is owned by a ghost. Deal with it. Uh, they, they then left the house and moved to another. Walsingham House then fell into entire disuse and stories of the occurrence being put abroad the place was shunned by day as well by night this neglect did not tend to make the spot look more cheerful and it is stated that in addition to the gloom that generally settles on the most ordinary of empty houses there was an undoubted feeling of depression in the air around the place you don't say (laughs) (laughs) it's interesting too because i've done most minor research my friend did more research than i did but apparently if you're in a space long enough and you are in a cloud of depression or like everyone around you is in a very much like cloud of sadness, depression, trauma, whatever. It actually can itself, that sadness can create an entity, mm-hmm. which is I think what happened in my mom's house. I don't think there's anything really particularly attached to the house. I could be wrong, but I think our own sadness really. I, yeah, I guess I, I would understand that. But I wonder like there has to be some reason why there would, like something just popped up after however long. It's very angry, like. This almost really sounds demonic to me, but I'm not a professional. (laughs) Oh, here we go. Quite normal people said that it felt to them as if the atmosphere of the locality weighed more than anywhere else. The house had not been approached for several months when a young man named Horace Gunn made it the subject of a wager. God. Betting a friend a fair sum of money that he would stay alone in the house for one night and have no aid within call. Are you just asking for your friend to die? (laughs) (laughs) That person I text you guys be like daring them, be like, okay, yeah, um, go into a haunted house that we know people are uh, freaked out by and stay there overnight. No, thank you. It's like, that's not a friend. That's someone you can't stand (laughs) hoping they die. (laughs) (laughs) This enthusiastic young man carried out his intention and went to the house one evening before it was dark. His story is told best in his own words. I had been in the house about an hour, and nothing had happened. It was just beginning to get dark, and I thought that I would set about lighting a fire. Though I do not consider myself an expert in this art, I was very much surprised at being absolutely unable to do so. My matches went out after one after another, as if blown out by a strong draught. Blown out by a strong draught. Once I had succeeded in lighting a piece of paper, it only smoldered for a few seconds and then went out. 
This was bad enough, as I had to give up the idea of, of a cheerful blaze to keep my company, but to my disgust, I found that my lamp would not light either. It was as if it were filled with water instead of oil. It was now quite dark, and whilst I was looking about for some means of getting a light, there came a terrible yell of pain from underneath the house. This was the signal for an outbreak of the most hideous, devilish noises. There were shouts, screams, groans, laughter, thumping, and continual running up and down the stairs, as of several heavily shod people. My hair bristled and stood by the window, practically paralyzed with fear, and I, and had I then been able to control my limbs, I would have fled from the house. I would have lost my wager and a hundred like other than stay in that, in that haunt of fiends. Then suddenly the noises stopped. Complete silence fell on the place. But far from reassuring me, this made matters worse. For now I dreaded the silence even more than I had the ghostly noises. All the, all the time I listened, listened for something. Now and then I thought, heard, thought I heard soft footsteps drawing near me, but it was nothing. This waiting and dreading was far worse than the pandemonium of terror. I don't know what's worse, the sounds <laughs> of the silence. That's oh, that's a bold statement. I don't. Oh my god, I don't know either. <laughs> They're both quite frightening. It's so terrifying. No, what frightens me more is that he, like, said he's, like, I heard it from below the house. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about your story. Like, is there, like, someone or something underneath yeah, the house? Yeah, floorboards or something. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I did not have long to wait for the next move, for in the darkness, there suddenly appeared a small spot of grayish light on the wall opposite of me. It grew larger and larger, altering in shape, until it assumed the outline of a human head. Come on. At the same time losing its flatness, soon it was a real head floating in the air. What? Its hair was long and gray and matted together, and it had a deep, jagged cut in one temple. The whole face indicated suffering and misery. The eyes were wide open and gleamed with unearthly fire, while they seemed to direct their gaze upon me. The head moved about the room, but always the eyes were turned in my direction. Then it vanished. But there broke out in the room a loud and awe-inspiring wail as of several souls in anguish. I thought then that I could see indistinct shapes fitting about, and mustering up the courage attempted to pass them and gain the door. But just as I reached it, I felt my ankle seized in a firm grasp. I was thrown down and felt fingers grasping at my throat. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) At this point, Mr. Gunn's story ceases. He was found by his friends next morning, unconscious on the floor by the door, and bearing on his throat the marks of long, thin fingers with cruel, curved nails. After this experience, no one was found to have anything more to do with the house though a few people interested in such matters attempted to find out some reasons for this terrible haunting though several avenues of investigation were explored nothing very conclusive was discovered the house had by this time acquired such an evil reputation that no one would occupy it and it was ultimately demolished here we go many human bones were found under its and 
were found under it and in its grounds. How they came there was never known, and it was supposed supposed that they had lain there for many years and were the bones of people who might have been murdered when the house was a roadside inn of a very bad repute. And herein perhaps lies an explanation for the hauntings at the house. A few days before returning to the house, Mr. Walsingham discovered in the ground some old dried bones, and not able to decide whether they were human or not, settled the matter, as he thought, by ordering them to be thrown into a lime kiln. It is possible that the spirits of the men whose bones were thus so indecently treated summoned to aid certain dark forces to make the place uninhabitable by mortals in revenge for the insult offered to their remains. That's crazy that both our stories were very similar. Yeah. Like, they were freaking... Wow. <laughs> I knew, like, the second I heard, like, you know, like, the dog, like, if it's just any sort of, like, contact, I'm like, there has to be something, like, within the home that's being bothered. Or just not yeah. at rest. Yeah. This is what I... I'm Definitely some sort of murder, or I wonder if it was possible... I mean, the, not, nothing, like, you know, this isn't really a theory, but it's like, I wonder if possibly a gravesite had been bothered at any point and the bodies were never relocated properly. Yeah, I mean, especially if they found as many, you know, bodies as they think they found, especially when they're all together like that, it's most likely that they didn't get a proper burial or whatever religious burial they might have needed or wanted. So that causes a lot of resentment, unfortunately. You know, like, like I know it's not based off a real story, but the poltergeist is definitely a huge example of why you do not especially bother <laughs> Indian burial grounds. Oh my God, By yeah. the way, I think I always say this, don't ever stay at the Montauk Hotel. It's built on ancient Indian burial grounds. Yes. Uh, okay. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> wow. Like, go stay at an Airbnb. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, anywhere, literally anywhere else. Yeah, no. I'll sleep in a tent on the side of the road. I don't care. <laughs> I'll sleep in a tent on the on the beach because there yeah. you can actually have a in Montauk you can have a fire on the beach. Oh really? Fire pit. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Which is why I've been wanting to stay there for like so long. Oh my god. <laughs> but no, like don't like just don't disturb any sort of burial ground. But also, you know, like, you do hear the fact of like you know. Oh, I think it's I don't I think I want to say Indian culture. I can't be wrong. I apologize if if I'm incorrect please email me at spooky situations podcast at gmail.com to correct me but i think in indian culture like if the bodies aren't properly buried i think the technically the body's in at rest like i think there was a story there was a story of a woman i think who was like murdered and kidnapped or kidnapped and murdered and they found certain limbs but like the family believed that they didn't find all of the body parts her soul wouldn't be at rest okay I don't know, like, I feel like maybe, maybe that might be a stretch. Mm, yeah. But I can, you know, if yeah. I was a ghost and my leg was missing, I think I'd be pissed too, <laughs> so. <laughs> Especially, although here's the thing, like, you know, on the ghost side, though, it's like, why are you getting mad at the people coming into your home? Like, why are you not mad at the people who murdered you? Because at this point, yeah. you should know who murdered you. I'd assume that maybe they have an yeah. idea. I mean, hopefully, anyway. Although, unless for some reason in the spirit world, they're only attached to the last place. I guess they're... I think they're attached to the, the location, maybe. So, I guess, technically, since they didn't get their proper burial, their burial is that house. Interesting. So, if someone's intruding upon the house, then they'd be like, oh, get the hell out of here. 
Can you imagine on a Thanksgiving evening, you're just casually having dinner with your friends and family, and then, you know, you just see blood dripping from the ceiling? That's, that's just too much for me. <laughs> Not Aunt Karen, like, telling you how you need to, like, do better with your oh life. That's <laughs> When are you going to find a man? <laughs> when are you going to get married? As soon as this damn ghost leaves my freaking house. Oh, my God. Some things are more important. <laughs> as soon as I can afford the exorcist because apparently I've because I've done a lot of like I don't know why I do a lot of research with all this stuff but it's very hard to get an exorcist by the way apparently really? approved by the catholic church yes it's oh. very rare and very hard for you to get again I like I love the only podcast I really die hardly listen to two girls one ghost it's a great podcast listen, mm-hmm. you should listen to it if you like podcasts but um okay. they did a story on uh, one of the most famous Exorcist. It was based. It was a movie too. They did. Uh, I think the movie was like the Exorcist of like Emily Rose. It was based off another real Exorcist, and uh, but like she was a young, you know, young woman in her twenties. Uh, she so- showed very early signs, and just that, like you know, doc. The her parents and the priest, they were all put in jail because they were like. Because at the towards the end of her life, she was denying food and everything. Because I think she just probably didn't want to suffer anymore. Because she had like ghosts. She had like. Literally, she had, apparently she had Hitler in her body. Like, she had, like, oh, multiple multiple demons in her body, wow. one of them being Hitler. That's insane. So, I think towards the end of her life, she probably just didn't want to live anymore, really, because, you know, she had this these demons in her life for a very long time. Yeah. And the do- and the courts were like, if you had just given her medical rights to you and taken care of her, she yeah. would have lived, blah, blah, saying it was, like, yeah. schizophrenia or whatever. Right, but right, it's right. like, you know... I had a demon in my body, though. At that point, I'd probably just be ready to go. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, if you have fucking Adolf Hitler in your oh body. My, like, uh, of all the people to possess your body. And if you listen to the actual audio recordings from, like, that priest, like, exercising her, like, you can hear, like, her voice just being thrown in, like, the most demonic way. Oh and it's like, God. that's not a voice. Yeah a woman can do unless you're, like, some sort of, like, talented, like, fucking, like, cartoonist or, yeah, like, you know, oh um, audio, per- whatever the word I'm looking for is. Wow. But... <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched the show Evil? No, what is it? It's, it's basically, like, every episode is a different scenario or whatever, but there's, like, a team of people that perform exorcists from the Catholic Church, and mm-hmm. then there's, like, a, this one lady who's, she's a psychiatrist, and she doesn't believe in ghosts. She's just worried about like getting people medical attention. So then like, there's there's like the cat the exorcists are like, oh, they need holy water. And the lady's like, no, she needs medical attention. Don't you see what's happening here? And it's like it's such it's an interesting perspective from both sides to see like yeah. who believes, who doesn't, and like demons, man. Like <laughs> it's so weird too because you know like the skeptics. I, a lot most of the skeptics I know. They're like very diehard like science people. Like you know, you know like Andrew. Remember Andrew? Yeah, an ex boyfriend of mine from high school. <laughs> um, he you know he was very much you know studied like a medical field, you know, science oh, related. Okay. Very big skeptic, and a lot of his yeah. friends too. Like just because they were all very smart, like a lot of very big skeptics. And it's like mm-hmm. yeah, you can put a lot, try to put a lot of reasoning into it, but there's no reasoning as to how a woman who could just like throw her voice like that like i couldn't throw my voice into a man like this is my man voice like i can't talk like a man <laughs> like i can't throw like my voice yeah. into like let alone a demon man especially like you know those like who like 
those, you know, entities that would speak Latin. It's like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. I can barely speak Spanish. Like, you know, if I start <laughs> speaking Latin one day, please just, like, you know, yeah. like, do the sign of the cross, like, get a priest, something. like, uh, something, because that's not me. Like, I've that's... never spoken Latin a day <laughs> in my life, so... <laughs> I can speak Latin. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even speak pig Latin. I, I can barely understand that one. <laughs> Like if I start if I start screaming German, just like get some sort of like Star of David near me. Like I doubt Adolf oh Hitler like the Star of David. Oh, oh that, I don't. I think that might make things worse. Maybe <laughs> I think I'm pretty protected in here because they have protections. His family was Jewish. Oh wow. So they have like okay. if you, I don't know if you don't know some of the doorway coming in. Yeah, you they had. They have. I don't know what it's called, but you Neither have to like I. touch it before you walk in or something. I didn't know that. I know with like Greeks on Easter, they have. After they go to their midnight mass, they have to walk in with their right foot to have good luck for the year. Wow. You have to walk in. You have to walk in with your right foot first. That's so interesting. They do the sign of the cross at the doorway, like wow. burning the <laughs> doorway. <laughs> but yeah, no. I'll tell you, I don't mind telling. I think I briefly mentioned this in the last episode, but I did have um, one creepy encounter in this apartment, actually. In this one? Yes. Okay. So. All the furniture, <laughs> no, nothing bad actually. <laughs> All the furniture in here—it's actually his parents. This was his parents' okay. room. Okay. So I believe this dresser right here was his father's. Okay. He found his father's handkerchief recently and decided to just kind of leave it there. He wanted to keep it within reach. I had this sense—not like a bad one. But I'm like, there's an older gentleman here who I don't know who's um, attached to here. The second that that handkerchief was on that <laughs> fucking dresser, I literally took it and put it back in his room because I'm like, not that I don't want his father's spirit to not be around here, just like I just don't feel comfortable with things that I can't see or yeah. spirits in general. Please just leave me alone. <laughs> if you ever feel like there's a spirit around you, you don't feel comfortable, just pray for Archangel Michael because he's the Archangel of Protection. By the way, thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> and always pray for white light. And um, you can even be verbal with like if you feel negative energy, just say you're not welcome here. Even though you're not supposed to talk to them, if you express right. that they're not welcome here, they tend to actually go away. Mm-hmm. That's why I, if I feel in my mom's basement, I literally do Archangel prayer, Archangel okay. Michael prayer, <laughs> pray for white light, <laughs> and say if there's anything negative, you are not welcome in this space. Oh my, <laughs> my mom thinks I'm nuts, but I don't care. But no, like, but back to the spirit thing. I only know why I find that weird because his father passed away 20 years ago, about or 16, so close to 20. Okay. His mom only died five years ago, something like that. Okay. But her spirit actually isn't really present. I did a reading. I I can do. Um, I, I'm on these beginner tarot card readings, and oh, wow. I sense that apparently, um, I got this message that stated that she's not here in spirit form, but she's still on this earth because his brother and him were still alive. Right. Which I was like, that's beautiful. That's what, I never knew, like, a lot about ghosts or whatever, but my theory was always that, like, the the one thing that I didn't understand was, like, well, if everyone turns into a ghost, how are there not, like, millions of ghosts in this room right now? So yeah. I always figured that if everyone, like, if, if I become a ghost and everyone that I've ever known in my entire life is also dead, there's no reason for me to be on roaming the earth anymore so and um a friend of his has a fiance that i'm really friendly with myself she's a skeptic in the way because she's very religious like you know she's like she feels that it's against god and that you know like when you die you're supposed to go to heaven i'm like you know i can't argue with that like you know like i get Mm -hmm. that that's what you believe in just you know to my understanding these ghosts are here because either have unfinished business 
and all that kind of stuff. Like, my father, like, he crossed over, like, well, died 16 years ago. He, he crossed over 16 years ago. Like, you know, like, I can feel him when I need him, but I don't think he's here all the time. And I think, I know okay. he's not, I know he's not here yeah, all the time. Okay. He's up in heaven. He's chilling, having a good <laughs> life, watching over my family. I mean, he's just, he kind of pops in when we, he knows that we need him every now and then. Like, right. my mom's had, so what's also interesting is when you dream of someone that, passed on if you if they're in your dreams if you remember the dream really well it wasn't a dream it was a visitation actually because typically we have a hard time retaining our own dreams wow yeah i um, have so many dreams about my grandma so that's like the craziest thing i've ever heard so then you've had visitations from her yeah. then oh my god that's crazy my mom's had a lot of dreams of my father that she remembers visitations i think my brother might have had one i can't confirm because he doesn't really talk about that a lot right. i've never had them so i and oh, wow. i think it's just because it to me he's always with me in some sort of weird way which is a nice feeling but mm-hmm. it's like come visit my dreams i miss you daddy-o <laughs> <laughs> no but i just i found that very interesting because then so while i was doing those readings for i mean even though he does he's very much a skeptic which i want to get his perspective oh. on this podcast but he's just so yeah but uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that could be an interesting segment though yeah i done my first episode was uh the skeptic versus the believer a good friend of mine uh-huh. uh brandon actually okay yeah he, i got him on i was telling some stories and he was just like using his humor to like be a skeptic and everything and i'm just <laughs> like you know what i will get you to believe one day like one day have you ever you know sweet hollow know of sweet hollow road right yeah, yeah we're gonna go t- take a nice live mm. broadcast on sweet oh, hollow road that's so cool. if you want to come in on that let me know <laughs> i think i might but i'm also so scared <laughs> It's like low key. I'm gonna bring Sage and across, so we should be fine. Uh. <laughs> At my friend, who's also very much a believer, a good friend of mine for the last ten years, I had her on. We were talking about friendly ghost spirits because we were both home alone. We're like, we don't want to be freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking. Who's telling about her experiences with Sweet Hollow Road? Because apparently she had a friend who very much loved like testing the boundaries i guess with sweet hollow road mm-hmm. and they actually went under the bridge put the car in neutral and like you know how like, it's, like, it's a very flat road yeah. yeah and the story about how like you know if you put your car in neutral and it's being moving forward that it's little kids pushing your car wow. apparently her car the car was pushed fo- forward oh my and God. i've heard stories of like you know if there's like dust in the back of your car if you put baby powder and if you get out and right. look you'll see like the handprints because i think she told me the story was like they got in, these kids got into a they were on a school bus there was an accident they all died wow. and they all try to like push you out so that you don't it is what happens to them doesn't happen to you which is really cute but it's also yeah, really but like <laughs> leave me alone <laughs> <laughs> but it's really hard I, I need to do a whole i think a whole episode about sweet hollow road just because I, there's a lot of stories and rumors like i've heard like one about i think a hospital that burned down like a patient who like who's yeah. dressed in white like comes walking down the road oh, I heard that. yeah i heard one story about like it's like a cop that like pulls you over and then the cop comes up to your window and then he leaves and then when he turns around there's like a big bullet wound in the back of his head <laughs> no no i'm not gonna want to no. stop for a cop on that I would drive 100 miles an hour home and like, never go back. Please. One of his best friends, that day when I posted that episode and I mentioned Sweet Hollow Road, she texted me, she's like, by the way, I was on Sweet Hollow Road and my phone battery was low and I was lost. And I, I, she's like, I was scared about getting like broken down in the middle there. I'm like, I'd be terrified too. I think I'd literally run home. Maybe. <laughs> I don't care, That's just like get me the out of middle here. of Melville. You take like three plus hours oh to get God. home. Have your friend bring a backup car <laughs> <laughs> for a quick getaway. <laughs> oh my god! Can't. Oh no. 
Oh my god, and this one friend, I'm, so you guys are going to get a wonderful, wonderful treat, because as the previous episode was a Halloween episode, the next episode coming out really soon is a Christmas episode, and what's fun about that episode is a friend of his, her name is Heather, that I'm recording with later, she moved into a new apartment, a uh, basement apartment, I was sitting there for a little bit, and I just visualized in my head for some reason a little young girl walking across the living room area into his friend's bedroom and she was like oh like come play with me i want to hang out like you know like how a little kid would like yeah. you know hang out with me hang out with me mm-hmm. and by the end of the night we were there to like maybe like midnight or one in the morning and she was like i'm so tired can you go home please i was just i didn't tell her because this is like she's been there oh, like oh my God. A, a little over a month now <laughs> and i'm debating on whether i should tell her what i saw because uh... <laughs> that's the fun part of me is I sense spirits. I don't necessarily, I don't ever visualize. So now that I've been practicing, though, with tarot cards, the way I've learned is that spirits will give you images to try to interpret kind of thing. So that's been happening now. I've been getting images when I'm just kind of chilling in people's space and ghosts are kind of chilling. I've been getting visualizations as well. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about this. (laughs) But I'm asking for it. I'm practicing. That's the thing. (laughs) Have you ever played with a Ouija board? Absolutely not. I don't recommend it. Please don't do it. I have, for some reason, my mom is so mad that we have it, which is why I don't know why we have it, but we have one in the basement. And every time my cousins come over, they're like, oh, can we play with the Ouija board? I'm like, who wants to do this? And then they always want to go to my room to play with it. I'm like, nope, you're going to open some door. All these demons are going to come in. No, like, this can't happen, please. (laughs) So, and again, another reason why you should definitely get into this podcast i'm like 50 episodes in but like you know they go do one episode where they had um a practicing witch right in and apparently as long as you have good intentions you can have a good experience with the ouija board the problem is a lot of people who are not properly informed and right. don't look out for the best intentions that's why people have crazy demonic experiences if you really actually do the research properly and learn how to properly use it you and your cousins could have a good time (laughs) i still might have a good time no matter what (laughs) just don't ever burn it like you do not ever burn it who would even think like oh this is a great idea why would you do that i will say you know what in a moment of panic and you think like i'm being haunted like what do i do and you want to get rid of it quickly you can't throw it out it's like you know which I know. I, I'm just like unloading everything because I haven't seen Nicole in so long too. It's like I have to tell you, I found on Etsy an actual shop that sells haunted dolls, specialized haunted dolls. Why? Why would someone actually buys those? Like that business is still in yeah. business. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and like one of them's like, oh, like th- this person's like a little girl and like she just wants to play, like keep her in a nice space, blah blah. blah. I'm just like, no. It's like instead of buying a dog, you buy a <laughs> ghost for your house. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost is your pet. Oh my god. At least then you wouldn't have to feed it or take it out or nothing. <laughs> I guess, but like is that really that much better? <laughs> well, I guess you got some good stories now. Tell your family next Thanksgiving. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna wrap it up. Thank you so much, Nicole, for coming on this episode. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome to come back if you ever want to. Thank you. Um Guys, keep in mind, again, check out all previous episodes of Spooky Situations Podcast. If you ever have any experiences you'd like to discuss or any stories, please email them to me at SpookySituationsPodcast at gmail.com. And we do have Instagram and Twitter, Spooky Situations Podcast. Um, please put on post notifications for posts because that's, you know, that's when you'll know an episode has been posted because I'm not really on the greatest schedule right now. Hopefully soon I will be, but I really highly doubt it. Um... 
you know, go leave a review of the podcast on Instagram because unfortunately I am not on Apple Podcasts yet, so can't get those reviews. But, you know, let me know what you like and don't like and what kind of topics you want to hear in the future. And, you know, stay spooky, gobble gobble, and get ready for the Christmas episode. Bye!